Welcome back, friends. Last guy here, and it's time for us to have basically a podcast with Verbalocity again. Hi, it's me. Everything's popping off right now. There's actually a surprising amount to talk about. We were just prepping before the show, and we might want to get straight into it because there's a billion and one things happening in the world. But which one's to talk about? I don't even like. Probably the stupidest. And then... Let's go with the stupidest right out of the gate. So, even that. as of recording, okay. we are recording this right now. Just to preface this, on the 13th of January, 2018, at, at my time, it's 50 minutes past 8 GMT. Just to, pre to dress the setting. I'll just say 12.15 p.m. Uh, West Coast. Yes. And do you want to take this or shall I? Which one of us can make this sound less stupid? Are we talking about the missile? Yes, we're talking about the missile. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Hawaii got nuked. No, it didn't. Uh... Oh. False alarm. Uh... I have the I have the exact message here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? The exact message. Here it is. Emergency alerts. Emergency alert. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. This... 38 minutes later. There is no missile threat or danger to the state of Hawaii. Repeat false alarm. This Oh jeez. For those of you that don't know who are just listening to this in the background, this came up as like an a forced message on everyone's phone in Hawaii. They have like a governmental yeah. like e like emergency broadcast system. But this is the same system they would say use in Japan. It's a very similar looking system. You ever saw like the North Korean missiles that went over the country. So yeah. this is like, hang on, this is not a drill. Would everyone's freaking out for 10 minutes until the retraction was issued. The excuse was the worst part. And I quote, there was an error during a shift change where someone hit the wrong button. <laughs> K. Why is there no, uh, are you sure? Why is there no, are you sure? Like, he's got like, he's like, are you sure? And he still hit it. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure the missile's coming. He's like, holy crap, I don't. Why does selling a rare item in a video game have more protections than hitting an emergency nuke warning button? <laughs> Good question. Good question. I just, I'm glad not Hawaii. That must have been, oh my God. Yeah. The reason we were so, like, amped about it, because it came up just as we were getting ready, within, like, the past yeah. hour. <laughs> and it... Yeah, it's just like, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, wow, it's, it's crazy. That's pretty crazy. It's in the time we live in, yeah, we, we believe anything's possible. Including nuclear annihilation. Yes. Oh, jeez. But on to video games. Yes, we're here to talk about video games and uh, figurative nuclear annihilation, not actual nuclear annihilation. Thank you very much. Uh, I wish there was news on Metro. But there's other things. Uh, we'll win time, but we can... There's going to be the nuclear annihilation of our time, potentially, by the end of this month, because there is Ooh. a boatload of things coming out that are a lot of betas, but also releases towards the end of January. Very much. Uh, my entire three, four-day weekend, depends on if I want to go to work on Monday, is going to be Dragon Ball Fighter Z. That's all it's going to be. All right. On the exact same day as Monster Hunter World, which, which is not doing. on PC until autumn. Yeah, I... It's on everything but PC until autumn. Yeah, I'm picking it up on the Xbox One X, and I'm going to be... That's mm -hmm. where most of my friends are at, so we're going to be doing a Monster Hunter party in that, and just generally going at it. Nice. I've been very excited for this. The only game I've been sort of actively, like, waiting and counting the days down was For Honor, ironically, around this time last year. So, oh yeah, February. There's usually a game during the end of January, early February, that I always end up sort of just like waiting in a holding baton and not doing much until it comes out. Yeah, like that's what Monster Hunter World was until I found out it's on PC in the autumn. So yeah, and it's because they've never done a PC game before, so they want to do it right. I'm like, damn, yes. that's 
And there's actually an article, and let me see if I can pull it up quickly. Basically, the TLDR of it is they talked about why they wanted to take so bloody long with a PC port was because, hey, we've never done a PC port before. We want to take our time so we don't muck it up and get it up to a good standard, please, which is good. A developer actually said, okay, this is something we don't do. We mainly do mobile or like lower end consoles. Already jumping to high-end consoles is a big thing. Then going to PC, which is like the Wild West of development, when it comes to like having to configure so much stuff. Like I, I'm happy they're actually taking that much time. I mean, of course, Scarf is probably fuming in salt because he has to wait that long to get it. But, you know, it's for the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not trying to Dark Souls 1 it. They're trying not to be Dark Souls 1, because holy crap, was that a thing. Although... But it's like, oh my god, I gotta wait. But here's the thing, if they're gonna take that long, it's gonna be the superior version. Because they're not gonna, like, if they're doing this, they're not gonna go like, oh hey, uh, it's it's done, not really, and then they'll release it. They're not gonna freaking Unity this. Are you sure Dark Souls no, that- wanting is the appropriate metaphor, considering that, ironically enough, during one of the latest uh, mini Nintendo Directs, Dark Souls 1 is getting a remaster, and one of the versions yeah, is coming so- to PC. It won't apply anymore, but, uh, yes, it was bad then. Yes. But now it's getting a remaster, so that'll be awesome, and it's gonna be on the Switch. And... How many broken Switches do you anticipate we're gonna have? Uh, none, because no one... They better not be that dumb, because, oh my god, Switch is not... is a pricey item. F this Taurus Demon! Eh. Oh dear. Oh my god. Oh my god. I think there I, are going to be I, some thrown switches. I legitimately there, think someone's going to throw their switch. I'm going to say thrown Joy-Cons. At least thrown Joy-Cons, but... Thrown Joy-Cons. If they throw their switch, they deserve whatever pain they feel after Who's that, because oh my Dark god. Dark Souls on a Joy-Con? It's like playing it on a Wiimote. It's like, why? I am. I am. Surely just get a if Pro Controller. motion controls, I'm why, doing it. it why, use it. why use a Joy-Con when you can just use an actual controller? Because I've already played it with an actual controller. I don't care about playing with a controller again. I got a PC for that. I'm gonna Joy-Con on it. If I can motion control, which is the best motion controls we've gotten at this time, although I'm doing that. Actually, let me clarify. Are you gonna be using the like screen over there and two Joy-Cons like this, or holding the screen in Ooh. your hands? Well, if you're holding the screen in your hands, you're not gonna be able to do motion controls. Well, if you're holding the screen in your hands, you are technically using the Joy-Cons, but they're on the sides, which yeah. sort of makes sense. Are you going to be doing, like, the Wii style? No, that, I'm hoping they have motion controls, because I haven't looked into it. Because that makes sense. Like, holding them, like, on the TV screen with two little Joy-Cons, it's like, why do this? There's next. It's really hard to use the analog sticks. Just use a controller. It is a controller, though. It's a very free controller. Dude, dude, it is, it is the funnest thing. To do whatever the hell I want and just rock the house. It is the funnest thing to have those Joy-Con controls. I don't need to be right here. I don't need to be here. I can be wherever I want and scratch the back of my head and wreck fools at the same time. It is a fun thing about having Joy-Cons. Wait, hang on. Beautiful. You, you can, it'll still work even if it's like not together. You can like hold them apart yeah. and it'll still... They're all over the damn place. Oh, oh. Uh, they're in my bag. You can hold them wherever you want. It's the beautiful, it's the most beautiful thing. Awesome. The Switch has been killing it, and the more and more I hear about it, the more and more I feel like I need all three generations of console, because all, co- all generations oh. are knocking stuff out of the park now. I, uh, I can't wait for, uh, not Get Out, um, A Way Out? 
Is that the one from the guy who made two brothers? Uh, the, the prison break. No, game. yeah, a way out. The guy who yeah, who went off wait. on uh, uh, the game awards. That dude. That was awesome. He just, I, he had to be drunk. There's no way. Possible. Like, he was Although, so nuts. Uh, I'm not sure if you talked about this on a prior, basically, a podcast, but there was the leaked EA marketing stuff that labeled him as a potential PR liability, so they had to keep the oh, reins on him. <laughs> guaranteed. After what he did? Guaranteed. <laughs> After that, like, oh, this guy's going crazy. He is, he is a liability, but he's hilarious. And he hasn't done anything wrong yet, as far as I can tell. Apart from screen fuck the Oscars multiple times. <laughs> Which was awesome, because fuck the Oscars. Come on. I imagine the, I imagine is, the is DMs of Jeff Keighley got lit up by people in the business like, what, what, who's the drunk bastard on your show? <laughs> like the Oscars care anyway. Video game movies suck. That's, oh, that, God, yeah. Tomb Raider movie. Tomb Raider movie coming. I saw that I the trailer for it during the Star Wars movie, during uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, I don't. They're recreating. They're recreating the remake. Yes, in movie form, and the scene with not Simon Pegg, uh, the other guy, um, Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Yeah, the scene with him where she's buying guns from him. That's the final scene in the movie. That's basically <laughs> what that is. That's after Laura Croft has become the Tomb Raider. So we know she ain't gonna die in this, which it would be. It'd be the boldest move to kill Laura Croft. You know what they should do? They should go full meta. And just include some sort of weird mystical time rewinding mechanic, so we can get a shot-for-shot shot remake of some of the grisly deaths from the remake, like getting impaled on the tree oh. when you're going down the slide, the rocks falling oh, on Lara. God. That would be the ultimate bait and switch. Ooh. I mean, you get an R she... rating instantly, but it would be hilarious. It would be interesting if they did that because she dies so. Like, even if you, even if you don't get killed in the game. The damage he takes is just mortal wounds everywhere. She should be dead so many times. Like, the whole thing is a fever dream as she's bleeding out. That's what the games are. She sat next to that Scottish dude's else. body the whole time, just like, what is... <laughs> what is happening? The second one, the, the second game out of the remake... Uh, the What's it called? The Reimaginings. Tomb of the... Uh, Rise the, of the Tomb Raider? Rise of the Tomb Raider, thank or, you. Yeah. With a really good snow. In that one, in, like, the first mission, she's on, like, an ice climb... And she just, bam, gets bashed into the wall, into the ice wall, and like, oh, she's dead. Oh. Concussion, immediately. Oh, she just dies. Yeah, like, th she's, she's Quadra, or at least Para. She's done. Like, what? You're telling me she hit that and she's still going? Okay, the Tomb Raider actually is just, she's immortal or something. She's got something special going on. I really feel like the first game, after you play it, the, the, the big twist should have been, oh, you're actually an immortal, Laura. You're, you actually can't be killed. Like, Every time you die, you just go back in time. You just, you can't, because she goes through the, the most ridiculous stuff. And if the movie lets her go through ridiculous stuff and survives, I think it'd be better. If it's over-the-top ridiculous, I am expecting be multiple movie. Deus Ex Machinas in that film, and it's going to be gloriously bad. I, I hope. I don't know. Um, the, the best game movie everyone's thinking is going to be Ready Player One. Which is more kind of like Wreck-It Ralph, where it's inspired by games more so than a uh, game I saw a counter movement against that, though. A lot of people didn't like it because it, it was just like, hey, look at this reference. Hey, look at this reference. Exactly. That's, that's the back and forth of it. And I'm on that side of it. I'm like, okay, this looks like it's just Psychobabble. And I'm not a fan of Psychobabble. What's Psychobabble? But if people enjoy... Psychobabble is just saying random, random, random shit. Just, all, just a bunch of random stuff okay. coming out of you. So it's just pop culture Psychobabble. That's all it is. Just a torrent of pop culture. Something's gonna hit you. Another one is uh, shotgunning. It's basically cultural shotgunning. 
They're hitting you with everything in one big blast, and something's going to be something you're a fan of. That's what it is. Mm. And so I'm not a fan of that, because the idea of Psychobabble doesn't make any sense. And it's the same way here, where it's like, we're just throwing all these references at you because we can. And there's no sense to it besides the fact that this is something everyone likes. That's all it is. So you got the Iron Giant, you got Tracer, you've got just every reference there. And in a way, it can be insulting. Like, Wreck-It Ralph did it beautifully. Everything was just, you have all these characters, but it's like a living, breathing world and everything's working out. And maybe Ready Player One will be that as well. Because right now, it's cynically, people who have not read the book just think it's just all this, like, hey, here's all these things, so you did grab onto nostalgically. And I understand that argument. At the same time, give it a chance, I think. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I think. I don't know if it'll be good or not, but since it's not an actually video game movie, it might. Yeah. <laughs> since it's based on a book people like so much. Uh, but I don't know. It feels like cheap marketing when it's just like, hey, nostalgia, nostalgia, It got nostalgia, a bit weird for me is. when the, the first trailer I saw was like, oh, cool, Chen Li's there. That's interesting. Then the mm-hmm. second version of the trailer, all of a sudden, traces in it. Like, yeah. a hole up. She wasn't in the first one. What's going on here? It's cool to see some more modern guys, but it, unless they go to some real deep and weird and interesting references, it feels a lot like just a giant marketing within a movie marketing scheme. Yeah. And it's definitely gonna... I think if you come in with that mindset, you're gonna feel that. And if... I don't it, I don't know. I, I think whatever mindset you come in with, you're gonna have that mindset when you come out. I don't think it's gonna... Just thinking about movies in general, they usually don't change minds unless they're that good. Mm. Uh, unless you're able to just be open and like, okay, I'm just gonna not... I'm gonna just let it be what it is and see what I think after. But if you're painted in, you're just painted out. And we'll see about Ready Player One. For me, it's I'm gonna try to just not be cynical, but I'm like, uh, just all these references, okay. But seeing what the movie's actually about, I'm like, oh, it's SAO, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, we'll see if it's any good. Mm-hmm. Speaking about uh, Switch though, that with the mini direct because we saw you said Dark Souls, new Kirby, which I'm hype about. Kirby there, Star here, Allies there. is the kind of name, and it's got some new abilities for him and stuff. Oh, here's the big thing to be hype about, is the box art is a happy Kirby, not an angry Kirby who wants to murder everyone and everything, like it always is in the West. Oh my god. <laughs> like, if you go to the thread of just all the Kirby box arts, Japanese against Western, happy Kirby, angry Kirby, happy Kirby, angry Kirby, happy Kirby, I'm gonna kill your whole family, Kirby. Like, it's <laughs> every time. Like, Kirby's air ride is Kirby happily riding on a star... In the West, he's angrily writing that stuff. Mm. Like it's it's just always been Western marketing. You could look at the original cartoon, not cartoon, the original commercials for Kirby's like, he's a bad boy. He's a bad little pink puff who's gonna wreck your face. And it's like him and his little animal friends beating up bikers. You can find these on YouTube. It is the silliest thing that divide there. But also uh, Mario Tennis, which I'm so hyped for, is going to have a story mode. I'm looking through the detail page, like it's out on March Mm -hmm. 16th and everything. Is this a remake or is this a brand new title? Because it says the newest Kirby title comes to Nintendo Switch and console in HD, which would make me think it's like new, not like it's a remake. I think they're just saying HD because people don't believe in the Switch's power. That's all I could. That's the only thing I could think, because people don't think the Switch is very powerful. It's pretty good. It really... What Nintendo has always done is it's always pushed things not by graphics, but by what you can do with what you've got. 
it, it's aesthetics over like actual like technical stuff like with almost every yeah. game and it works although the exception to that for me is zelda zelda is actually a real looker well yeah they they had the time it was of course on wii u so it's a it's a level down going up to switch so of course it made it look really good now i'm talking like breath That's of the wild been, though. yeah that was wii u first wait breath of the wild it's was always, wii u first yeah, I, I, the whole LP I did was on Wii U, not on Switch. Hold up, am I? I thought that was Switch exclusive. Am I going insane? Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild was the last hurrah for the Wii U. Oh, that's what it was. Wii U. Oh my god, it! I thought it was Switch exclusive. There's this is why Breath of the Wild was like in the top three or top five. Because it had the Wii U version well-reviewed and the Switch version well-reviewed. That's where the joke comes from. Oh, okay. That's why. And, yes, it's... But this has always been Nintendo's advantages. They're not going for just super good-looking stuff. They, they've always been kind of cartoony, so they're able to just be amazing while being cartoony and just doing other things instead of just pushing better graphics. Mm -hmm. That's always been their thing. And it's worked out for them pretty well because they don't have to make higher-end things and put their price as high as the other consoles. Because it is a bigger chunk if you want to get the Xbox or if you want to get the PlayStation. Hmm. That's for sure. I'm looking through the rest of the lineup, and the first announcement was the World Ends With You remixed, final remix. And uh, it's a classic RPG, I think. And I mean, mm -hmm. cool, That's a from... lot of people seemed hyped, but it, that wasn't my cup of tea. Yes, the 3DS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate auto-playing trailers, they can go die in a fire. <laughs> uh, the the yeah. Nintendo website is auto-playing trailers on each announcement. Ugh, don't, so dear, don't click on that. There's some pretty good stuff coming out of there, and there's a lot of ports. And people are... Here's the thing. People are being... Every time Nintendo does something, it's very cynical. It's ridiculous. Like, Nintendo's dead. Nintendo's always dead. Question, though. This was the, yeah. the thing for me, apart from Dark Souls, they got, like, the biggest, like, oh, shit, reaction from the general public. Mario Tennis Aces. The Mario Tennis yeah. game. Why is Mario yeah. Tennis such a big deal? I've never heard of a Mario Tennis game. Mario Tennis has been around since... Not super. It's been around since... Was it 64? It, there was a Mario Tennis for the Virtual Boy. I can't remember since what the first game Mario Boy Tennis Advance. was. I'm looking on the site. It's like, Ooh, and, hey. this, and this time the game has the first story mode since Mario Tennis game on Game yeah. Boy Advance. There, there's wow. just never been a story mode, which I'm hyped for alone. Um. I remember there was GameCube. There, there's been a bunch of them. I can't remember the first one. You're saying Advance. Okay. It's just fun. It's, it's, it's what Mario does. Mario Kart made, like, racing ridiculous with items and everything. Mario Tennis is tennis, so you can play it technically, but you also have special power-up attacks. Hmm. And so, like, Mario, of course, does a fireball kind of attack. Luigi more with his vacuum. And things like that, and it's really fun and hilarious. And tennis has always been a fun game. And when there was no Wii U version, people were sad. When there was no Wii version, people were sad. Like, it was... The Wii one was a port of the GameCube one. And so people wanted Mario Tennis for two consoles. And it's finally coming. And I'm extremely hyped for that because it's going to be so fun. And if it, and of course, it's going to be Joy-Con control. So I'm going to be doing that for dang sure. And I'm hyped. Because, because you have two Joy-Cons, you should be able to play two players with this game. Right out the bat. That is the biggest advantage, uh, one of the biggest advantages that Nintendo has with the Switch is because of the two Joy-Cons as them being separate, you can do two players on a lot of games right from the get-go. You don't even have to buy another controller. Mm. That is a pretty good advantage. And if you buy another set of Joy-Cons, then you have four players just like that. So it's not bad. For the price of a controller, you've got two controllers. 
That's a fair point, actually. I forgot the whole, like, as much of a joke, like, hey, go take your Switch up to the rooftop and to the basketball court and play <laughs> with your friends. You actually can just go with a Switch and people can join. I did that. Um, I went to recently to a parent's or grandparent's 60th wedding anniversary. And there was a, wow. there was a, uh, cousins. They had a couple of young'uns and they had a Switch up with them. And they were, I think they were playing uh, 1-2 Switch. Like, they hadn't bought anything. They only had 1-2 Switch, which was a bundle. Oh, wow. And it was surprisingly fun just to go, hey, mind if I give it a go? I'm a bit of a gamer. They can just go, yeah. here's a Joy-Con, and you can just go. It's a yes. thing. Which is weird. Like, having that kind, like, before, with even Nintendo products, it's like, hey, do you want to play some Pokemon together? Sure, let me just go get my Kinect cable out of my box. Even though it's gotten simpler over the years with, like, Bluetooth and whatnot, being able to just pick up a Joy-Con and go, like that? Yeah. It's a bloody paradigm shift, and I mean that in the most literal sense. That is actually a big way of changing it. That's the big advantage to it, and it's... it the Dark Souls Remaster, or Remake... It's Remaster, right? That's the word they're using? Remaster? Uh, yeah, Dark Souls it's, Remastered. It's just like Skyrim. Another big game that people really like, no and you can play it as a portable. Like, what? It's like Skyrim without guns. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know and... the reference? No, I don't know the uh, reference. You didn't watch okay. Machinima. Yeah, I'll tell you about it afterwards, but it's a dumb Machinima thing to do with Adam Kovic okay. and, a, and a review. But anyway, continue. But it, that's the advantage, is people are like... Because the cynical thing is, oh, great, so the Switch is a port machine, whatever. And it's like, no, that's awesome. Yes. I can play all these things that I can only play on Dark Souls my, on a well, plane. Besides the world ends with you. Yeah, Dark Souls on a plane. Dark Souls wherever the hell I want. I can just lay back and play it. I don't have to be right here or sitting here. I can just literally lay back and play it. That's awesome. It's such a nice advantage there. And I really hope for motion controls because that would be hilarious. Mm. But, um, yeah, Dark Souls and Skyrim and just, yeah, there's ports of things. There's nothing wrong with that because it's, you get to play these things portable. Being able to play Skyrim Portable, what? if you're a person who just travels a lot, that's As an addendum, Portable without buying an obscenely expensive laptop to run it at a decent rate. Because of course the Skyrim version, the Switch version of Skyrim is the worst looking. I, the only thing worse looking than that is the VR version. But even then, yeah. it's still really fun. Yeah. It, as always, they, they're not pushing graphics. Then Dark Souls is going to look good, but not as good as the other ones, obviously. Mm. But it's going to be portable because if I if I remember correctly, they're gonna make sure the frame rate is solid because it needs uh, to be. Let's not do too many details because it looks like there's some conflicting information bouncing around. Vatividia oh. had to make a retraction on like turns out there isn't going to be a discount even though some people thought there was going to be a discount on the price. Some other people reported there's going to be brand new assets in the game, a new lighting engine. Some people then saying no, they aren't using the Dark Souls Three engine. Yes, they are. No, they aren't. So all of like the specifics are like being juggled in the air right now. So I'm a little hesitant to go into that until we actually go for it. Because like the Reddit post, for instance, just an example, Dark Souls Remastered will not be using new assets. Then there's a misleading flare. No new assets from the Dark Souls 3 engine. So does that mean they're making brand new things? Are they doing no things? Like it's it's a bit hazy right now because the, the FromSoft isn't talking about the specifics. Things like that is I'm not really talking about any of that because. It is a remaster, and it's up to them what they'll do with those things. But they have to maintain a solid frame rate. Fix Blight That's Town. All That's all I'm talking about. Just fix Blight Town. That's it. <laughs> fix Blight Town, and you've got my 60 bucks. Because 
who the who the hell thought there was gonna be a discount? Are you kidding me? Um, really? I'd, I'd actually understand that. It's, it's like, a, hey, it's a remaster. It's a remaster. It's a remaster for freaking popular as hell game. If it's a, I don't think there's ever gonna be. If a they do a remaster for like thirty bucks. I've been to that because even Metal Gear Survive, talking about like pivoting for a moment, Metal yeah. Gear Survive, they announced the price of that. That's only going to be like 40 bucks. They're doing that at a discount because it's a like a game with a lot of reused assets and a bit of a smaller scope than, than Metal Gear Solidified the Phantom Pain. My question about that is, is it really a discount? Like, that's not necessarily a discount. It's just the price they've decided on. I mean, it's, it's not, not sixty dollars. Saying, saying anything isn't sixty doesn't mean it's a discount. Yeah, because the whole season passes. Uh, it's 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 a budget it's a budget it priced game. Yeah, that's a better way to word it than saying discount. Discount is just the wrong word that's to say true, because yeah. there are plenty of really good games, and their price point isn't sixty because it doesn't have to be sixty or it shouldn't be sixty. Calling it a discount is really is not the best word. I feel that's true. Um, it's budget price. A remake of Dark Souls One. I no. I I would not be surprised at, be, at seeing a sixty. I would not be surprised at that at all. I'd be surprised at seeing it at lower price. They can get they can get away with sixty though. Absolutely, especially with the Switch version. Yeah. Exactly. I'd pay sixty that's for a remake exactly of Blight Town. I'd absolutely pay sixty. <laughs> so Blight Town was a complete nonsense. It's been so many years. I don't remember Blight Blight Town being a pain in the ass at all. I don't. So choppy. <laughs> You, it, it felt like you were moving through treacle in the original version. Admittedly, on PC, you could fix it using DS fix, but that, that caused other issues oh. because a lot of games tie physics to frame rate. So if you tried to slide down certain lasers, you go right through the map at 60 FPS. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, I didn't, I don't, well, I did the game and I know I did it with like, well, Mona was fixed and I, maybe it was fixed well enough that I was fine. Because, you know, PCs are all over the Because mm. I don't remember having any problems with Blighttown, but apparently it was a problem with Blighttown. Um, Let's see here. Just talking about that really quick. There's, there's not going to be any more Dark Souls, right? Like they feel like they finished it with three. We don't know. There's not going to be a four. They've said okay. they're open to it, but they always like doing new things. So maybe we get a Dark Souls-like game that's in another time period, kind of like how Bloodborne was to Dark Souls Two. So we, instead okay. of it being Blood uh, Souls Born, it's like Souls Born new prefix because they do a new thing. Maybe they go to the future. Maybe they're present. Maybe they do something new entirely, but it's maybe like the Surge, for instance, that like recently came out, like okay. that whole style. Okay, because I because I want another Dark Souls. Because why wouldn't I? I I'm never gonna be able to play Bloodborne. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to play that so until bad. until I get a PlayStation because it's only PlayStation because they're the ones funding it, right? Yeah, they funded it. PlayStation's funding Bloodborne. Like how uh, Bayonetta Bloodborne, 3 is funded so... by Nintendo, so it's Switch exclusive. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing how that happened, by the way. Bayonetta becoming a Nintendo character, basically, mm. because they're the only ones who are willing to fund it. And like, yeah. wow. Hey, Bayonetta too. We're having Please. a hard time funding it. Put it on the Switch, and we'll fund it entirely. Basically, yeah. saved it. Oh yeah, yeah. And now it's on three, and she's basically a Nintendo character now. At this point, she's, That's a she's part of the crew. Big she's on pick Smash. up though. Bayonetta three as a Switch mm. exclusive. <laughs> and you can also buy one and two. Uh, I don't know as if they're going to be. Is they going to be one? Okay, because I couldn't remember how they're going to do one and two. They usually like, do it two and you get one for free. That was the way it was on yeah. the Wii U. So they'll probably do it like yeah. that. I think, I think, uh, I could have sworn, or maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but I thought it was going to be one and two as a game before three comes out and then you get three. That's what I thought it was. Hmm. But, because uh, bundling that many games with one thing, uh, we'll see, because I'm not really showing the details right now. 
Uh, but it's just three. Bayonetta 3 is going to be on the Switch, and that's hell yeah. And that is a game that is going to be interesting because that should push the Switch to its limits because they're going to want to make that game as flashy as possible, but they got to maintain some sort of frame rate in that thing. Yeah, that's a hard one. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see where they, how far they can take that thing. And it'll, it probably will be the best example of what the Switch can do from someone who's not ne- directly Nintendo themselves. That's exactly what it'll be. And however, how well that performs should tell us what other companies should be capable of as well. Mm. Do you and that's think, what I'm hyped for, for sure. I wonder, though, do you think we'll ever get to a point in the Switch's lifespan, because, of course, the Switch is underclocks when you take it portable, that yeah. there'll ever be a point where some games have to say, okay, if you want to play this, you must play it docked. Or do you think that's going to be a hard line for Nintendo? If you want to cert with us, because, of course, they have a certification process, you your game must be playable in its entirety, both undocked and docked, because... People were concerned about the Xbox One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro having like a ringed garden of games that you'd have to buy. But Xbox, especially Xbox with the Play Anywhere program, has said, no, if you've got a regular Xbox, not even Xbox One S not or X, just a regular Xbox, you can play the same games everyone else can. So is Switch going to abide by that or do you think they'll be a bit more lenient? I think they'll, they'll, they're going to have to be able to be portable because it's been such an even split. Like, there are people who play it portable, there are people who play it, like, exclusively portable and exclusively as a home console. There are people who do both as well, like, I do both. Mm. But is every poll I see, it's been a pretty even split. There are so many people who like it as one thing or as the other, or just do both. And because of that, I would figure Nintendo will stick to it. Also, because Nintendo's stubborn, they would want the full functionality of their system to be utilized. So they would want to be, you, you have to be docked and you have to be portable. That is something I would assume, which you know what assumptions are, but that is something I think they would stick to because Nintendo is a little bit rigid, and I think they'd be rigid on that for sure. Mm. As as flexible as they are, they're also quite rigid. It's very interesting. Huh. So I'm reading through, looking through things that aren't things we already know about in terms of what the talk next is. We've already gone off the beaten track as we usually do with like diverting onto like two or three different topics that we didn't even mean yeah. to. And something rather interesting popped up. I guess I glossed over this initially, or I've just forgotten that I've talked about it before. But Assassin's Creed Rogue announced its remaster at the same time as Dark uh, Dark Souls remastered. And for those of you that don't know, Assassin's Creed Rogue was meant to be the send-off for last generation. It was released just at the same time as Unity. Unity was the first next-generation Assassin's Creed game. Oh, and that it's one. actually really good. I played through it last year, Assassin's Creed Rogue, yeah. and it's really good. It's basically Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, but upgraded a bit. It's a bit less pirating, but there's a Ooh. lot better story. It's played as from a Templar's perspective or an Assassin turned Templar. That's a whole thing. But they're yeah. remastering it. I find the timing curious that they announce it at exactly the same point as the as the leak for Dark Souls Remastered. I feel like that's kind of bad timing because it's Dark yeah. Souls Remastered. Like that's that's the thing is you never want to be at the same time, and I feel like that's just it just happened that way. It just happened that way on that one because there's no way they want that. Because let's let's not forget, yeah, everyone forgot about the game because of Unity, so nobody noticed this because of Dark Souls. Like that's what happens. This game is cursed. It is cursed. Oh my god! But um. It has to be bad timing. Like, it's, like, it's... 
if it's a these are like games that are both very popular, so it has to be bad timing. I, would, if it was I a wouldn't say game, I wouldn't say Rogue is very popular. Like I mean, no, no, I'd say Assassin's Creed is very as a series. Popular. Okay, yes. Now because of that, um, I'd say it's bad timing. If it was a smaller developer at the same time as a big thing, like this one happens, the big game does a thing, then the little one goes. They should have waited a day or something. Uh, because the other way around, it's calculated when dauntless was putting their stuff up monster hunter would put their monster hunter world would put their stuff up the same day within like an hour or so just to diminish some of dauntless's fire they would do that on purpose like there was like a big beta thing with dauntless and then monster hunter world put their trailer out at the same time and it, it had to be calculated there's no way it was just bad time because those are in the same genre and dauntless has only a few more months before we see what happens with Monster Hunter World hitting at the same time as them. Yeah. Because they are just PC. You've played Dauntless a little bit from what I understand, right? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't played it. Oh. I haven't had a chance to get in there. All I know is it is another... It's it's a Monster Hunter kind of game. And they have a couple more months to get that thing there where they want it to be before World happens. Because it's a couple it's of Monster days. Uh, it's, it's, only con it's only PC. It's not console. Oh, you're so, okay. I see what you mean now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they they still have time to cultivate what they are. They still have time for it. And we'll see what happens with Dauntless hmm. uh, when Monster Hunter World comes out. Right now it's going to be on console. Well, the advantage is because it's going to be on console before PC, Dauntless will have time to see what's on it. And adapt. And see what they can take from it or adapt from it and stuff like that. I'd be more concerned how, how Dauntless on? survives because I've heard some... There's been a lot of growing discontent for them moving off the roadmap. I guess they had a, a development roadmap come up a while back, Ooh. and they just kind of went off the road for a couple of reasons, Ooh. and people weren't too pleased. Like, Dauntless was the de facto shit on Twitch for about three days, and then it just kind of disappeared into the ether. Kind of like, For like Fortnite before Battle Royale came along. Fortnite was the de facto thing to watch and play on Twitch. The, uh, the Yeah, believe it or not, Fortnite has another mode apart from Battle Royale, and then people like Amor Baru and but the big streamers were getting to the end and like, hang on a minute, this is a horrendous grind pay to win shit fest. I'm leaving, and then yeah. Battle Royale completely lit it on fire again. That it did. Yeah, that that's the problem is that Fortnite itself, because I played a lot of it, like at least a hundred plus hours with Jinx. We enjoyed the game a Which lot. Modes? We, we enjoyed the loop. Uh, the original, the original mode. Oh, uh, defend, defend the, the world. We, yeah, yeah. We enjoy the the loop of and everything. When you get later into it, yeah, it's getting grindier and it's uh, money's kind of important to just get the better stuff, or you can just grind it out. But the story's not finished or anything like that anyway, so it's kind of still out the Story's, way because it oh, is yeah. early access. I always forget that this is early access technically. Like it's not, yeah. it's not, it's going to be free to play, but it's out next year, and this is a buy-in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's free to play when it hits release, but right now, yeah, buy-in, and it's not finished. That's the thing. It's not finished, and then Battle Royale, or Battle, whatever, Battle, what Royale. They Battle Royale? Yeah, Battle Royale comes out, and people are mad. They're like, you're going to take development time away for, to do this? And like, no, it's a different development team, so they both happen at the same time. And it's done really well, and I don't actually know what's happening with the original development right now, because it's overshadowed by Battle Royale, for sure. Hmm. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. I I wish I did check it out uh, at the start for sure, I suppose. I really wish I checked it out when they had 50 versus 50 mode. Apparently that was only a temporary mode they had, and that sounds hilarious. 
but I missed the boat on that yeah, one. That would have been fun to play. I remember seeing that at the Game Awards being announced, and it was like, oh, cool, I should definitely check it out. Never did. I just yeah. like, eh. Because, ma- like, massive, like, okay, 100 people on a map all fighting each other, okay. But 50 people fighting 50 people on a map, that sounds hilariously awesome, because we haven't seen that in a long time. The biggest was... Well, Battlefront and Battlefield, they do, like, 20-ish? No, the the closest approximate is an old game from the launch of PlayStation 3 called War. Now, that is a throwback game. This is a game, I think it was called War, but it was a release game for the PlayStation 3, and it was was made by an Eastern team, and it was 50 guys versus 50 guys, and it was basically, if for those of you that understand this reference, it's what happens if you took Battlefield smashed it with cod and then smashed it into what's the game called foxhole one of the early access game on steam if you know what that is and it meant it was meant to and also planets like two in some regards it was cod style controls battlefield style squads in terms of structure but they tried to implement like ranks and commands and commanders and and some of soft logistics which, of course, in a game where it's, you know, you jump into a fight, why are you going to listen to some ran- random dude screaming orders at you? It isn't the military. So it, it was a fun yeah. spectacle thing, but it, it died surprisingly fast. That's unfortunate. I feel like the way it should work is if you want, you have to incentivize following orders, which means following orders gives buffs. That's probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Which would have been good. Um, yeah, Planet Side 2, you mentioned that. That's probably the best massive fighter, massive gunner game to do like right now. MMO because you can have game. tons of people. Tons of people at once. So that's the one to play still. But it, it, yeah, just seeing 50v50 would be great to see it more more uh, recently than... Or even 50-50 Battle Royale is an interesting proposition because it's two squads lined up in the plane. You jump or the bus in Fortnite's case. You jump yeah. out. And as you're flying down, you've got a bunch of your friends, but a bunch of those guys who you know are trying to kill you. So you're trying to land in a really specific way. To, uh, do you want to go and sit in a group and move as a death ball? Do you want to try and assassinate people? There's some interesting stuff that can come out of that. Instead of everyone's on their own, they sit in houses and pick off the occasional person who stumbles through the front door. Yeah, because what's going to happen at 50v50, which is what makes it way more interesting than just 100 is you're going to have people just charging as death balls. And that's going to be hilariously awesome. There's still going to be people hiding. But initially, just a mash. And that's going to be hilarious. That's the fun part. I, I was thinking back on Battlefront. It was when Battlefront 1 came up, they were like, it's only going to be like 20v20, I think. And people freaked out because the original Battlefront, uh, Battlefront 2, the, the big one, that was like 64v64, if I remember correctly. It was a big number. Mm. Big number. And... Battlefront 2 is the same thing. It's only like 20-ish versus 20-ish. And yeah, people just want to see something massive again. They want to see just massive amounts of bodies flying at each other. Which leads me to another beta thing coming out uh, around January. Sea of Thieves, which has had the NDA on it finally lifted, at least for the closed beta. You can't talk about anything from the previous tests, but... The stuff that has been shown now, you can talk about it. I've been in the closed beta as a founder tier person for about a year. I got invited just from applying. And Ooh. it is a game who so far has been extremely content lacking in terms of you could do two things. You could PvP in the open world or go to islands, pick up loot and take it back to an outpost. All of this is open PvP the entire time. And those are the only two things you could do. They're adding a lot more things which are in the flavor of Destiny in terms of three factions doing three different things that you can do. 
like either Elite Dangerous style trading, take things from point A to point B. That's another game I've been playing recently, Elite Dangerous. You could do either basically manhunting for skeleton pirate lords, which other people are also going for, or the traditional hunt for treasure with maps and riddles. And yeah. that game I've had a lot of fun with, but only in very specific scenarios. When I found a good crew, and we kind of RP'd a little bit, just enough to where it made sense. Like, no one argued about who was the captain now, because one person just knew their place. They were the captain, no one argued. Because that happens a few mm. times. Like, no, I'm on the wheel. No, I'm on the wheel. No, I'm on the wheel. Don't be a shit. <laughs> and then, like, you've got one guy manning the sails, you've, or maybe two people, because there is, like, wind mechanics to make sure you can go fast. So, yeah, because you'll see wind trails in some of the trailers. That's mm. where the wind's going. If you anger your sails into them at a certain acute angle, you will get a big boost in speed, and you've got to keep constantly micro-adjusting them for changes in the wind. So it's very much a battle of, you can't just have one person on the cannons and one person at the crow's nest, unless the one person you've got left on your ship, because it's a max of four right now on a ship, even yeah. though they're promising bigger stuff, you've got to have multiple people manning the sails before you get into combat. It's not like oh. the Ubisoft game Blood and Skulls, uh, the one where it's basically Ooh. it's basically Black Flag without the Assassin's Creed and it's in multiplayer. This is a almost like Guns of Icarus, if you're familiar with that. Hmm. And I had a lot of fun with Sea of Thieves, but it you're gonna have to make your own fun in some regards, and you're gonna have the right people. Although you can do schooners, which is like a smaller ship designed for one to two people. It's got one sail, one cannon on each side of the ship, smaller. Easier to kill, but significantly faster and more maneuverable than the bigger frigate ships. So you can have fun on your own, but it's best when you've got a couple of lads. Basically, TLDR, I expect some of the best YouTube stuff to come out of this I've seen in a while, and then it either it fades away or it blows up quietly, is, what hmm. I'm, is my opinion of it. Interesting. Okay, yeah, because I've been very curious about it. And did they have crossplay in the... Yeah, uh, they the are talking about crossplay. Okay. They have talked about crossplay. Of course, I can't. Well, I, no, they have confirmed crossplay. They have confirmed that you can do crossplay. Yeah. There wasn't some of the tests that you could, uh, for instance, uh, you could just like be on the PC version on the Windows 10 version specifically because this is a Microsoft exclusive game and play with people on Xbox. And of course, there are some very very slight advantages. Like for instance, you could aim your like aim your pistol maybe a little bit better, but it's fairly even considering how the game's played. Unless someone for somehow makes like a like some sort of weird third party app, which is next to impossible on Windows 10 games, like you can't break into that stuff. Where you could display okay. a map on your screen because even the mini map you have to work with someone to do it because the mini map isn't on your ship. It's not on your like a mini map. It's on the second floor of your ship, down below. So you got to have huh. one person on a giant ass war table. Look like scrolling around looking for the right place and you gotta call out like hey we need to go southeast a bit you're about to plow into an island mate and that is very much a thing that can and will happen I feel like it's gonna fall into the same fate as Guns of Icarus then because it requires so much teamwork and that's gonna work for a hardcore few um, drop in drop out I don't know about that it's but... drop in drop out like, even with drop and drop out, you're going to have people who aren't going to mesh well and they're just going to be miserable. That's the thing. Uh, so I don't know. There is VGS talking. Like, there is, like, non-audio talking. Like, you can do, like, if you're holding a compass, you could say, like, hey, we need to go southeast quickly. 
or we need you we need to slow down right now you can do that okay but even well, then maybe it'll be i don't know um because if you become too reliant on other players it can be just such a mess i don't know like thinking because I'm thinking about this, and also just thinking about Guns of Icarus, and thinking of just MOBAs in general. This is slightly different though. Guns of Icarus was instant PvP matches, kind of like Blood and Skulls, which Ubisoft is delivering. This yeah. is kind of an MMO. It's an open sea with island dotted everywhere. There is yeah. no lobby. It's not like three, two, one, go get a score. GG, well played. It's an open. Well, there's not going to be. There's not going to be, like, a harbor, a hub harbor or anything like that? Uh, well, there are hub harbors in the sense of outposts, but they're bloody derelict. You go there to cash in the chest and then leave before you get jumped by someone else. There isn't, like, a hub world. So that's why I said MMO with heavy quotation marks, because the only social experience you see is seeing another ship from the crows and saying, do we want to blow these guys up or not? No? All right, let's avoid them like the plague. Huh, I'm not sure about this game right now. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's. There are videos out there talking about it and showing off the game. Hmm. And okay. you can stream uh, the closed beta. There's no NDA on it. So there will be okay. stuff on it. Uh, is it fully narrated by Simon Pegg? No, but the person in the cool. dev team who does narration is almost as good as Simon Pegg. Okay. Because he works. makes meta jokes in it. I find it humorous. Especially the. E okay. Basically, watch the E3 presentations. It's actually. It's, it's chuckle inducing. I like it. I'm glad someone did. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> it went too long. I just... It went too long. I felt... I, I was like... I'm like, I can't tell if I like this or not when I was watching the E3 presentation. Because it just kept going and going and going. And like, uh, okay, we're still here. We're still here. It, I don't... I didn't like it all that much. Now, what, remembering, I didn't like it all that much. I'm like, it's still going. Like... The only thing I remember out of it was people just talking about how he, he was eating the banana wrong. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Just... Have the skin. Yeah, I was like, okay. Also, how are you um... floating with cannonballs, sir? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. I just... Uh, I've been looking at it. I'm just curious, but I don't know if I'm gonna hop on that one. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Skull and Bones are... Blood and Skull, whatever Skull and Bones, I think it is. Skull and Bones. It really sounds and looks like it's it's World of Warships, but with pirate ships. That's what it really looks like. Yeah. And World of Warships is really fun. It's so. the same team, same engine from Black from Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And it's literally yeah. the request that people always talked about. Hey, can we have Black Flag, but without the Assassin's Creed, please? That's literally what they're <laughs> doing. Same controls, enhanced like wind stuff, different visuals sort of, but same engine, same controls, classes, this, that, and the third. If there's one thing I'd really want to see out of that, uh, is just cannonballs just straight up just killing crew, and just, you're kind of just like, well, I have less people to manage the ship, and stuff we like don't, that, that'd be interesting. We haven't seen if they're able to, like, walk off and jump onto the enemy ship. We're not sure if it's Assassin's Creed-style controls, or if it's, like you said, World of Warships. Well, because there's a difference between world War, between modern ships and pirate ships is there was boarding. Yes. And that's what I'm curious about. Will there be boarding parties or not? And also, is there going to be ramming? Because there is ramming. Some they showed it in the trailer. Okay. There are some no, ships designed for ramming, okay. and they will mess you up. Nice. That's what I want to hear. And then besides that, just boarding parties. Will there be boarding parties? And also, because ships are... Pirate ships are different in that 
You lose enough crew, you can't manage that ship anymore. I need to go find the trailer. Like, there is a trailer from E3 about this. I think it was two E3s ago, or maybe last E3. They showed off uh, Blood and Skulls. Everything I know is what I watched from E3. That's everything I know. And then a little bit of following, and then I did sign up for it. And just remembering what I saw from it, it is very much, yeah, it reminds me of World of Warships, and I'm just curious if they're going to get very piratey about it and that. Just how, just how pirate ships work are just different. If you can blow their sails, like, that'll be interesting because, well, then, of course, their speed is not as good. If you can take out a good chunk of the crew, then they can't board as well. Or they, or they can't, can't fire the well cannons well. Yeah, a lot of things happen if the crew's dead, of course. Yeah. So I'm really interested. Could you one shot many... the captain and instantly take out the ship because the captain's dead? Because <laughs> there is snipers. I would assume just like worse logistics. Then I would assume. Mm. Um, if now if it had abilities with like captain abilities, that would be interesting. So kill the captain; they don't have as many abilities. But I am just interested to see what it's actually going to be because I am hyped for it. Like a pirate ship battle game. That sounds cool. But I guess we'll see when it actually gets more out there because it's only there's only so much information on that one. It's just, there's always pirate games and it's interesting to see. I really want a new Sid Meier's Pirates. I really want that because the last one was seventeen year, eighteen years ago for God's sake. I never played that. It was that was before my time. Yeah, it's literally two thousand. It was such a fun game. Um, so I'd love to see new. We see plenty of Sid Meier's other things. I'd like to see a new Pirates game. Because it, it was like, it was the pirate sim. That's what pirates has always been. And so I'd like to see a new one in a new age. That'd be great. Besides civilization. Like, everyone's nuts on Civ. And I suddenly can't remember the other games that Sid Meier's has made somehow. Uh, let's see, what else is there? I'm thinking... Stuff that hasn't been hammered to death, like, oh, the Overwatch League, there are way better podcasts to talk about oh. that. But we can like br- briefly brush over it. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it because you're an esports person. A little bit, but I don't follow. And All I know is the stuff not, that I've watched. I don't want to talk about Overwatch. I'm talking about everything in general when it comes to esports. Okay. What the fuck is with the lack of women? Now this has been. I am this annoyed by this. I'm annoyed with it though. Yeah, because of Overwatch. Because where are they? Because they exist. Where the hell are they? And my annoyance with it is women has always women in gaming has always existed. They've always existed for as long as gaming's existed. We've always made it a boys' club because we're stupid. That's how I feel about it. Because it's never it's always been marketed as a boys thing and girls play with dolls. It's always been marketed as boys play video games, girls play with dolls. Somehow action figures don't count. But women have always been there. They've always been playing games. Why aren't they in esports? Why aren't they there? And part of it is just the culture in that they don't treat women well. And it ain't right. But the bullshit excuses for why we're not seeing them in the in, in OWL, in the Overwatch League, was they didn't want to deal with co-ed housing. They didn't want to deal with somehow the team not meshing well because there's a female in there for some reason. The only the valid one I'll give for why they don't have Seon is because she's Russian and they didn't want to have communication issues. But we see international teams get set up where they could have had a team of Russians or just people with some common language with with her in there. Because the London team is composed of Koreans. <laughs> That's the joke with most of the teams. It's like, I mean, even Monte Cristo, one of the casters, called it out to do with, uh, I think it was uh, 
Dallas or my, I can't remember which team it was. One of the one of the American teams, which is made up of mostly Koreans and one or two Europeans. It's like, hey, yeah. guys, you can't chant USA for a team that's only 20 percent USA. What the hell, guys? Like the idea here was local talent. That was the entire idea. Let's have local talent. But instead I'll let of doing you finish, that, it became, but I have a counterpoint. I'll let you finish. But it became let's just bring in the best and we'll just have them represented here or there because in actual sports, it's not local talent. In actual sports, San Diego's uh, not saying anymore. LA's teams they came from they come from all over the U.S. Their players come from all over the place. That's how actual sports is. But when we first heard about Overwatch. Coming up, we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have like a, we're gonna have like there's two California teams, right? There's the Dallas team, there's all these teams. We're gonna we're gonna maybe see local talent here, maybe see more franchises come up in all these other major cities and all this stuff. I'm gonna see that. But instead it's like all esports in general. Uh, all sports in general, which is just bring them from whatever country or whatever state, whatever, have them be here. And that's unfortunate because my feeling was on we could see how good these areas are by doing it that way, and we can also maybe actually see some goddamn women in here. Instead, we just have, here's all the Koreans. And I just, and I just want to see a better variety and talent. Because I feel like there are some great players who are just, who always get missed because of crap like this. And we are missing some amazing female players because of this. In all esports, not just in Overwatch. Because the support's just not there. And no one wants to deal with it. And the one that really pisses me off is we don't want to bring in a female player because it'll be seen as a PR stunt. That angers me. Like, then the barrier's never going to be broken. I don't want to see a five-girl a five girl team to be the way the barrier gets broken. I want to see just have women in here make an actual team that meshes. But no one's willing to try. And that is a frustration. I want... Uh, so I want to see your side on that. Uh, I'll talk about the whole gender thing in a moment and some specifics to do with a couple of tweets, but about the team yeah. naming first. The team naming, I understand where you came from when it came to the whole idea of, oh, hey, let's name them for the local players. To me, that wasn't what it was about, at least in hindsight. At the time, mm-hmm. I believed in that. In hindsight, naming teams after local places is the only way to make people give a shit about the teams because if you say oh cloud nine is facing mouse esports for people in esports that is a big deal because cloud nine mouse sports are some of the two biggest teams in fps but if you were to say hey houston's going up against dallas all of a sudden like it's like it's like in wrestling hey that's the name of my town yay and you automatically cheer there's been so many different tweets and accounts of people supporting and buying team jerseys, team skins for these players, having no idea who these guys and girls are, but just a team name. That's it. Just the location. It, it, it localizes it. That's what it does. And that's exactly what sports teams are. Like, if you want to make it more mainstream, this is the way to do it. And Overwatch has pulled that off. By making it actual teams in actual places, they've pulled that off. Because that's what actual sports does. So that's a good move on them on that one, yeah. But when it comes to the whole uh, the gender thing, I am in two minds on it. I agree in terms of the general meta and the feeling around gaming and players that uh, there should be more females. Because, of course, there's a, there has been recorded cases of even, like, for instance, in Smite, the place that I work, females try and come in and that women try and you know play and get on teams it works for a while but then either they're pushed out ridiculed out or 
annoyed by Twitch chat and the people at large just generally being dicks. But when it comes to the talent, and this is where it all sprang up, this whole controversy was a couple of tweets from a few uh, people to do with the lack of women on, for instance, the casting, production, that kind of thing. There was only one woman on the casting desk, I believe, or even just hosting in general. And they were like, hang on, what's going on? People in production and casting don't give a shit about, pardon my French, don't give a shit about what gender you are, what race you are, what color you are, whatever, if you can just simply do your job. Like, one of the best people in the world when it comes to presenting is Golden Boy. And he is, yeah. he is Hispanic. He's a, uh, he, I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm about to put my foot in my mouth here, but I'm trying to remember if he's Hispanic or if he's from Puerto Rico. I should probably look that up. I apologize sincerely. I believe he's from Puerto Rico, but he is, of course, a person of color. And someone tried to call him out in a tweet, and that's where this all started. It was like, hang on a minute. Why aren't you taking a big deal about this? You're white. Like, no, I'm not. You utter oh idiot. Someone accused Golden what? Boy of not caring because he's white. Like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, when it comes to players, absolutely. But when it comes to ta uh, the talent on, like, casting, production, they do not care about, like, a quota for people of color or gender. If you can just do your job, that's what yeah. they do. They that's all they care for hiring. That's what it should be. Hmm. But that's exactly what it should be. Players, you have a point. I just... Yeah, I'm surprised, though, that someone thought Golden Boy's white. I just... I just... Where the hell are you coming from? Yeah. I don't even know. That's weird. That's just weird to me. Golden Boy's amazing, though. But Golden Boy He's is amazing. Boy. He is really good. Uh... Some like he's just good. He's 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 very good at just dropping into an area, like because he's he goes everywhere. So he's very good at adapting to just other crews, and it's impressive seeing him cast. It really is. Mm. He's mainly an FPS guy, yeah. and like for instance, HRX that yeah. just happened recently, the big high res shebang. He yeah. he did the Paladin stuff, and they brought high res Kelly or Kelly Link back in for the Smite stuff, and he could just go like a duck to water, and then he can go to a CS:GO thing or a COD thing or a Halo thing where he was from. He's mainly, but he can do other events too, not just FPS. And that's yeah. just because he's bloody good. Very much so. He's very impressive with that. It's, the Golden Boy's great. He's really good. For damn sure. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of, yeah, HRX just happened. That was, that was interesting. Yeah, seeing Kelly back, that was cool. Because Kelly's pretty, she's really nice. Actually, Kelly's amazing. I want to ask you something. I'm about to stick my foot in my mouth here again, but with you this time. Are you from uh like latin america sort of south your heritage or are you from puerto rico kind of thing um have i just took my foot in my mouth quite a fair bit because i know <laughs> you've talked about this before and i want to get your perspective because i'm white british male so i want to see if i've got a different perspective than someone who is from a different part of the world because that yeah, does but affect you're not american white so you're good you're good you're not <laughs> just, just british white if anything that means more because we're the original because imperialists you, yeah, we, yeah, we colonized you, you bastards <laughs> Yeah, you took over everything. You're fine. You took over everybody. You're not American not that, white. American white's the problem. I'm not sure. It's how it should work. Because <laughs> I don't have a problem with you. I got a problem with American whiteies. That's what I'm kidding. Um, that's getting cut out. Rip. <laughs> um, no, it's come on. You're over there. You're not over here. You're not the ones oppressing people. Yes. Um, for real talk. Like, uh, like, what's your heritage? Just, the heritage is Mexican-Filipino. Mexican-Filipino. So I'm from two different sides getting effed over by the Spaniards. Just taking on both ends. Um, so yeah, uh, Puerto Rico, you got... It, it gets really weird about race stuff, because it's really... It gets kind of dumb. 
Uh, like you got like Trevor Noah. Like one of his comedy routines is how he's South African, and he wants to be very black. So while he's flying to New York, he's practicing being black. And when he gets there, he's like, "Yeah, I'm black now." And then everyone thinks he's Puerto Rican. He's like, "I'm not black. Oh, I'm Puerto Rican." Oh, that but just reminded me. This is really dumb. But do you know about the whole get silly. like Ugandan knuckles meme? Oh, oh Ugandan knuckles is. I have actually not paid attention to it on purpose because, like, this is silly. I know it's it's apparently very racist. That's all I know. Mm. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of uh, clicking and stuff. Like I don't know about it. All I know is Dewey. That's all I've ever because it's you visually see that. But apparently, it's very racist. Yeah, I and I have not done anything to push into it. On the one hand, like in the way it's been done in VR, the video game it sprang up from was VR chat. VR chat. Yeah, yeah, that game has exploded, and well, kind of low key. It has a root. It there was a video that did it originally, and then it went onto VR chat. Yeah, people put the really bad knuckles model in, and it kind of went from there. As someone who likes to consider himself a fine connoisseur of memes, uh, like the whole Pepe being a white supremacist thing initially was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" But this mm. I can understand a little bit more because it's like, "Oh, the random clicking noises. Are you the queen? Spit on the queen. Where's the Ebola?" Kind of thing, like from VR yeah. chat. And that's causing a whole thing where people are saying, oh, VR chat's going to censor us because they're going to get rid of the, the really bad Knuckles model, which is causing all of this. And people are running around doing, doing the whole routine. And the whole... Well, oh. Oh, wait, keep going, keep yeah. going, keep going. So I was wondering if VR, is VR chat going to set a precedent of censoring a meme because it might be racist in a video game? First touching on Pepe, Pepe was just made from a guy by a guy, and then it was turned racist by the people. Yeah. Because there was no racial undertones to it. It was just a thing a guy made. So he sues everyone who who's continuing trying to make... Everyone who's trying to make money off Pepe as a racist symbol, he's going after them legally. Because he can. Like, he's trying to stem the tide. Because he did not make Pepe to be a racist symbol. That's the thing. Hmm. People ruined it. Not him. The Ugandan... Uh, Knuckles, it seems from the start it was meant to be exactly what it is. And so, yeah, it's not the greatest thing. Now, as far as VRChat getting censored, everything gets censored eventually. It's the Wild West is what VRChat is. It is... The things I've seen from VRChat is like, holy crap. At some point, it has to... It has... To, because it's gotten so big, if VRChat stayed as small as it was, nothing. But because it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, we may see some sort of regulation to it. Just for them to not get in trouble themselves, it's business. Now, when you say regulation, do you mean self-policing? Because I highly doubt yes. this is going to turn into Battlefront 2 where the government's going to regulate it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, continue. It's self-policing. It has to be self-policing. And it's not, it's not necessarily censorship the way people think. Censorship is protection. Is the government doing this crap. When a, when a company does it, it's them making sure they don't get sued. It's them making sure... They don't lead to someone getting killed and then legal shit happens. Like, it, that's what it's meant to be. It is making, it's covering your ass. Whoever's making VR chat, they have to cover their ass. So if this gets out of hand, they'll have to do something about it. Now, if nothing, if nothing gets out of hand, then they're fine. That's really what it is. It's making sure things don't get out of hand. Because you don't want to be legally culpable to bad stuff, ever. You don't want to be the one who gets hit. Or something happened. Or a PR black so, even. Just like, hey, exactly. VR chat's full of racists. See that on Kotaku. Everyone's gonna freak out about the game. But at the same time, anything as wide as it is, it's gonna have literally everything. 
Yeah. It's going to have good people and bad people. And it's the question of. There's already well, the questionable lolly ish content in terms of anime oh, characters. God. Like. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it. There is a lot. From the things I've seen, there's a lot of it. There are. Okay, this will be the. I don't want this to be the last topic because it's terrible, but. <laughs> Getting it's real. Literally, there are people ro- rolling around just as anime girls and people crawling around under them looking at their panties. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's it's a Wild West situation, and they're all just laughing and having fun with it, as far as we know, but it is also... Uh, they're having fun being creepy. Some people, like, it's obviously not everybody. Like, for some people, they're actually just doing things, having fun, doing silly stuff. But there are people who are doing it in very creepy ways, or just really racist things. And that's kind of the thing that happens when anything's allowed to be Wild West, is you're gonna get everything. Is this the new chat the roulette of, like, our time? Is- no! No! No, chat roulette is chat roulette. No, it is... This is the chaos of Second Life. Is what it is. That's a good, better way to put it. That's a better way to put it. Because it's... And if it blows up to be Second Life, good for them, because that's... that's a Second Life is a crazy realm. Second um, Life had some drama recently, too. That old-ass game had something to do with people <laughs> stealing other people's content to put in loot boxes. It's oh, like... Jesus. How does a game that old still get into, like, weird stuff? But I know you said we were wrapping up, so I'll actually do a good topic to end us off with. Games Done Quick just went over a million dollars and had some of the best runs I've ever seen. Specifically, the Jedi Academy 2 one, everything from the bad games block, the awful games block, especially Arabian Nights, was hilarious. And also um, Resident Evil 7, the run of that. That was great, and I always love seeing that coming back and the only thing from that that was a little bit sort of hmm ish them going into sub only mode for the chat for the entire thing controversy which i kind of agree with because one you're raising more money and two you're stopping people being shitheads whenever someone of like color walks on screen or or someone who's happens to be transgender but like eh. not necessarily because people were still being shitheads even in sub chat that's they were still being shitheads you can't stop shitheads from being shitheads. who's gonna be a shithead if you gotta cover five bucks first they were being shitheads that they did that. They're like, hey, I spend money, and now I can be a shithead here while the rest yeah, of you can't be shitheads like The pleb idea me. just spams the chat now. It's like, release the yeah. plebs, talk for the plebs, donate for the plebs. And just, people are going to be shitheads about everything and anything, because they can. They're capable of doing that. Mm. And so, it's still not a perfect system. Um, but it does give them money by doing it that way. But all people did was they just made a side chat with... Uh, where people could talk and those were happening and that got really out of hand and it's sh- shit falls da- uh shit rolls downhill that's what happens mm. and it rolls down fast and so that's what's happening there i want to ask you about something yes because D- i was hearing about this i don't know the full story because you have an xbox x yes xbox one it's a stupid name the xbox J- okay they're having loot boxes like, they're just loot boxes in the system itself? Wait. Is something I was hearing about? Loot boxes in what, exactly? For, like, the avatars or something, for just the service. Loot boxes for av- I don't know about that specifically. I know the you could you could directly purchase clothes for your avatar, which is a system they haven't touched in a while. That was a big thing on 360. Yeah. But having loot boxes for avatars i'd have to look into that and get back to you because i haven't heard about that and that isn't something okay. that's massively advertised if at all on the surface because i i heard that for a moment like i was just scrolling around i saw them like what the hell all right 
last verb about that because they have an Xbox, but okay. Because I'm like, what? we're getting more loot boxes. We're not I mean, that would be a good way of getting money. It's like, hey, if you got some money to blow and you're a complete idiot, hey, customize your avatar with a <laughs> random roll. Okay, one, okay, we're going to loot boxes all of a sudden. Polygon's article on how Overwatch's loot boxes okay, right. Before we get into this, how much runtime before Jinx starts killing us for length? Let's say five minutes. Five let's minutes. Just get, let's get it and get the hell out. Yes. Just Polygon saying Overwatch is doing loot boxes right. 50 50. I, I understand, for instance, the Jim Sterling all loot boxes, pardon my French, yeah. style. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm also of the mind of. Yes, this is predatory, and even with all of that, I'm willing to let it go if it is cosmetic and they put the right protections in place. If even they can put protections in. I know, for instance, with Overwatch, if you buy a lot of loot boxes quickly, you've got to put your information again to stop hacking. But maybe they could put up a message like, hey, get addiction maybe is a real thing, please look out for yourself. But <laughs> I'm not even sure what they could do there, like how, like any real teeth to that without them actively stabbing themselves, getting money. So both sides have valid things. Like I've been perfectly fine with Overwatch cosmetic loot boxes. I've been fine with the way, for instance, For Honor does its cosmetics. It does like you, you buy currency to get it. And at the same time, I, I completely understand, hey... You can easily prey on people with this. You you actively build predatory pricing, predatory mind, very part of my French, and all of that stuff. So it's ah, maybe it's just a case of how much am I willing to give a shit about in my brain? Because there is so much stuff to be angry with. Some of it just gets ejected, and this is the least offensive stuff to eject. This becomes the problem with the internet in general. We're hit with a fire hose of information and outrage that we just cannot outrage at everything. Mm. That's how it is. Um, I do like the standpoint of there should be no loot boxes at all. They really shouldn't be in the first place. But because they exist, Overwatch gets the pass because it's all cosmetics. That's what happens. Overwatch was able to help normalize it a bit. They really did. Uh, love or hate that, they really did a good job of doing that. And if loot boxes are here to stay, then uh, only cosmetic, yeah, fine with that. I'm liking currently the best one as HOTS doing how they do it. In HOTS, you unlock, you get your loot box, and you can re-roll the loot box. Uh, you can re-roll it using some currency of the game to, to re-roll it, which you get from just playing the game itself. But you can, uh, can re-roll the, the loot box if you didn't like it for a cheaper price. Well, not cheap price, for, for a price of gold. I, I'm actually not into, into that system here is the storm, because it preys on the, oh, I just got their system. Uh, there was a there was a theory I heard bandied around, which probably mm. isn't true. Or to be fair, because in some of the things we've seen, it might be true, and that I agree with, is that Hots deliberately weighs the loot boxes to be bad on the first roll, and then uh, make it a little bit higher chance when you re-roll it to make you want to essentially use the loot boxes as a currency sink at the same time. So, like, it's definitely a currency sink. Yeah. But the big problem is no one's transparent on what they do, and it leads to conspiracy theories like that. Unless you're in China, in which case, if you, as soon as you go there, for some mysterious reason, Rocket League, and we talked about this before, Rocket League and Overwatch got rid of the loot boxes entirely in terms of chance and just made them either direct purchase or you purchase credits and then get skins. Like, they, did, they were, didn't want to reveal the odds so badly, they changed the system for China, because China forced them to reveal the odds on the front. That is bullshit. 
Yeah, it's like Rocket League had loot boxes Why too. Why can't we direct buy? Like, I'd rather direct buy because that's what Hots used to have before the change. They're just not willing. No, okay, Hots had it, sort of skins had like seven ability, bucks each. Oh, like, you have the ability to. There's still things like that, but you have the ability to get stuff though. Buy these loot boxes and not actually just have to spend money. That was the nice thing. And also to unlock heroes for way cheaper. But the fact that they were not willing to reveal odds, China, you're kidding me, because China has the worst loot box buying problems in history. They, they, they've been the worst for decades. They will spend so much money on just tat. Oh my god. Just MMOs make so much money in China. They've been doing loot boxes in a big way for a lot longer than the West has, and they make so much money on that. The fact they're not willing to reveal the odds is ridiculous, because it doesn't matter what the odds are, China would have bought them anyway. I think they're not willing to show it because they'd have to show it to the West as well. Mm. That's really what I feel with that one. Just loot boxes, cynically not happy with them. But Haunts is the best one I will go with, because I have a lot of gold to waste. I'm fine with it. I have 40,000 gold. I can waste gold. Um, because I play that game too much. Okay. You you do quests every day, which gives you gold, so it's pretty nice. But if you have to have it only cosmetics or like boosters are in there, whatever. But if it's ever for power, which was Battlefront, they deserve all the bullshit they got for it. Yeah. And happy topic, uh, AGDQ got the, get all that money, got a million dollars. There you go. There you go. Happy topic to end this thing. Yay, cancer research. I just good runs. I just. There's so many things to be angry about. There's so many things to be happy about. Just, for God's just sake. put the there's... Kirby on camera. Everyone will be happy. Just, yay, Kirby. <laughs> there are good... There's a lot of good out there. There's a lot of really good games and everything. And we got a lot of good games coming up. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Monster Hunter World. Uh, I'd be the one betas. Oh, yeah. I've got Battalion... Is it Battalion? Yeah, Battalion, Battalion 1944's coming up. I'll be in doing that one. I'm just really happy for Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Monster Hunter. But there's a lot of really good stuff. I can't wait to see a way out. And is it going to be this year? Uh, that PlayStation game. The really popular one. The Last of Us 2. That comes out this year? Hopefully, although it's probably going to get pushed back to 2019, I imagine. Probably. So there's, there's always a lot of great... 2017 was amazing for games. It was just really crappy with loot boxes near the end. That's really what it was. We had so many amazing games. Crap 6, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. You had Zero Horizon. It was Dawn. the year of oh, Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo it was, it was knocked it out of the park. Year, Nintendo. There were good things all over the place as well, but Nintendo did a very good job. And we'll see how they do this year in 2018. And, uh... There's just a lot of good games. And we'll see how it shakes out. It's just too bad the controversy keeps happening. And it's really with, like, loot boxes. And with season passes. It's very unfortunate. With these practices to try to just get more money out of us. You know what? Screw it. Everyone buy a Nintendo. They don't do that bullshit. <laughs> At least until the next kind of bullshit they do, in which case it all switches around again. It's a cycle. Uh, all right. They don't, it, we've but they we've don't gone do over like, like half an hour at least. We need to stop before Jinx cancels the episode on principle. Yeah. So that'll be it for the basically a podcast. I. It's a. Uh, gaming's awesome, everybody. So we got Verb here, and all your information is Verbalocity at Twitch. Twitter. YouTube. YouTube technically, YouTube, but there's YouTube. a the underscore technically. But oh, oh sorry, there's a the because someone is sitting on Verbalocity, but it, we do yeah. the same thing every time. Universal branding is a wonderful thing. I get to laugh at Scarf because he has like two or three different variations. Uh yes. 
Um, but yep, yeah, so there you go. This has been Basic Podcast. I had fun talking before watching and listening. This was Saw Bazin. Having fun this time. And see you next time. Oh, this happens every time. Bye. <laughs>